Welcome to the Mike Bowie Show, where we talk with people who influence people. Welcome to People Who Influence People. Today I've got a great community partner, Kyle Dent, and uh, many of you may know him from his podcast days. Um, why don't you jump in? And you, we were just talking about podcasting. You're really comfortable with this, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, like, I don't know what, you know, I, I came out of college and I couldn't speak in front of people. And <laughs> and then I don't know what, I mean, you know, so I'm the owner of Shamrock's Pub and Grill in St. Peter's. Um, and my first day that we had in front of the employees, I was forced to speak in front of the group and for the group. You, you didn't think that through, did you? You're like, we're going to hire all these people, <laughs> yes, and I got to talk to them. Well, you know, what? I didn't realize I had on my team. I didn't have so many introverts, and then all of a sudden, we wound up with, you know, all, I, I wound up being the, the face. Oh and, yeah. But you know, it's grown into something really cool, and and I've become very, very comfortable speaking in front of people and you know about my life and right. all that. Right, right. So, so tell me about Shamrocks, um, and we're probably gonna we're probably gonna go backwards in time and then forward and skip all over the place. But that's how I got to know you because of your business, Shamrocks Pub. Yeah. So you started Shamrocks when? So I started Shamrocks in 2012, um, and you know the way we met was through the Cotterville Weldon Springs Chamber of Commerce, right? Um, which I absolutely love. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I mean, you're you're such a big part of it too, and and I've had the pleasure of seeing it grow the way that it has, and I just I, I really do. I I love our community. I mean, I'm I'm from Maryland Heights. When me and my wife got married, um, I wanted to live in St. Louis County. She's from New Melly. And she wanted to live out in the country, and we kind of met in the middle and wound up in, you know, St. Charles, St. Peter's. That is about dead, deadpan middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the the chamber is great. I, I just really think that the St. Charles community is so special. It really, we just have so many good folks out here that work together, that that see this common mission to build a great community and, and kind of have fun doing it. And I think that's why our chamber is special, too. I agree. Well, there there are several great chambers, um, but it's you're interesting. part of way more than I am. I, I'm involved in all the chambers to some degree, as time permits. But it's interesting that different chambers have different vibes, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's great for people who, you know, if you like politics, you know, you're going to go to one. If you're if you're into you know goofy, silly, whatever, you're going to go to another. Point is, is we've got something for everybody here. Um, tell me. Uh, how Shamrock started. Did you always want to own a bar? So, um, <clears throat> I was, I grew up in the industry. Um, when I was 15, I started a catering company company in Maryland Heights and kind of just worked my way up through there and then, um, started bartending. I worked at Dave and Buster's and I really fell in love with bartending and the bar scene. And, and really it's cause I'm a people person, mm-hmm. you know, when, with someone that has a very short attention span, like I do, <laughs> you know, getting to work through and talk about different things, um, was great, you know, when, and there's a lot of negative parts to the bar industry, but the real positive thing is the people. Right. And, and I love that. And then I went on to go to Granite city food and brewery, which is in, off olive. And they kind of fine-tuned my skills as far as how a bar should be ran. And and when you take things seriously and, and set up an environment, you can really earn the business for a lot of people that come revisit you. And I kind of learned like regulars, like how 
when you treat people a certain way, when you give them a certain hospitality, but also you're there with an open ear, right? You earn business that way, right? So I fell in love with bartending. I still to this day, you know, I, I said, you know, I'm 39 now. I said at that point I would bartend for the rest of my life that I loved it that much. Right. And I just love the people is really it. I knew the drinks for some reason, you know, school was never easy for me. Really? I went to Lindenwood. Um, I got my degree in education. Mm -hmm. My plan was to be a PE teacher. And then we came up with the idea for Shamrocks. Mm -hmm. So me and my wife started working on it and it's, it wound up something that was so, it was so hard at the beginning but then when you involve the community... What was hard? What was the first challenge? What did you um, find out? Like, I'm going to open a bar. Mm-hmm. And then what was the first roadblock? So the, fir- the first roadblock is you go from, you know, a bartender who takes cash out every... You know, I get my tips every night. Right. And then I w- three days before we opened, I was still bartending. So we opened the doors and then all of a sudden I'm getting a paycheck. And now I have to watch cost. Right. To make sure that I get that paycheck. Right. And really, honestly, like the first year of Shamrocks was disastrous. Was it really? It went really, really what bad. Happened? So all our experience with the ownership and the management was all front of the house. And then we hired out for the kitchen. And which is, you know, it's the foundation of your restaurant. And it just didn't go well. We just. What we does just, it mean you hired out? So we like. Instead of, so like I'm, I, I've been the general manager of Shamrocks, uh-huh. the kitchen manager, we hired a kitchen manager. Oh, I see. Okay. And, so you and, weren't, you weren't directly over. They were reporting. Exactly. It was a lair. You had a lair. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. And the guy that we hired was in our budget. And it, I mean, people that open businesses, it's hard. You, you're, you're fitting together a lot of personalities. At that point we had 60 employees. So trying to match 60 people that I've never met before right. and trying to make them get along and, and really like 25 of them are in the back of the house. So trying to get all those personalities to, yeah. to meld and, and work together. It's not easy. I, I don't think that the general public, the, the general listener here, I don't think anybody would even imagine that you would have 60 employees. I have 60 employees right now. Right. Which but, is, which is, it, I mean like, I can't believe it, but you think about like, you might have here's the and this is maybe just because I'm not in that industry. I think when I walk into your your place, which is beautiful, your new place Thank you is so gorgeous. Much. But when you walk in there, I'm thinking, eh, maybe five six servers. You got a bartender. You got your general manager, bebop, and you know kissing yeah. babies and stuff. You got a a cook and maybe a got you know one other guy or girl. I'm thinking ten people. Yeah, but that's not it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's way more, isn't there? For sure. Yeah. Just, just like a regular night, let's call it like Tuesday night. There are, there are 20 employees on at all time. Really? Mm. Yeah. Between the management, the, you know, the, the cooks, the man, or, you know, the kitchen manager, and then you have the dishwasher and then the bartenders. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's, um, and, and, and really like when you take one little piece of the puzzle out, it kind of messes the whole world up. Yeah. You really have You're to work together. You're taking one cog out of the machine, then everything down, down line doesn't, yeah. doesn't spin, does it? Yeah. What were what was another challenge you had building so, from go? Yeah. So yeah. at this point, you're married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and Kelly are doing so this. So I'm, I'm 28 years old. And you and, guys and are Kelly's like, 25. We're doing this. And we're going. Did she work somewhere else? So she, so we kind of branched off of the Winslow Dairy Queen. So her parents own that. 
Okay. And they were trying to open another Dairy Queen. Kelly was the general manager of that Dairy Queen. Her degree's in criminal justice. So she was trying to go and be a police officer. And, and she wanted to work toward being the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so we both have these different roads for our education. But we both really love the <laughs> restaurant industry. So we did that. And, you know, it's just the, the, the roadblocks. I mean, there's so many. But, you know, the second year we had a fire. Did you really? And that was that was a big one. Where where what was your first location? So it was right up here. Um, oh, this yeah. one up here yeah. you just yeah. moved yeah. from. So that mm-hmm. was the original. So we were there location. ten years, yeah. And then we're we've been at the new one for what seven months? I was just yeah. six, yeah, yeah, six six and a half, yeah. Um, so the fire happened and it was disastrous. It, we were heartbroken, um, and we closed for three months. Mm-hmm. But the the cool thing, and it's really where our story starts is that we we'd really before that for the six months before the fire had really started building on community partnerships right and just helping anybody out that we could was that on purpose or it was just because it's who mm-hmm. you are no no so I, I i really have a great story about it so one of my one of my managers at dave and busters he'd moved on and he was uh managing a restaurant in illinois and i remember calling to him and saying his name's jake i said jake I, we don't have enough money to pay our bills on Monday. And this is Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you. Can, do you have any ideas for me? And he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to reach out to every single nonprofit and any organization in St. Charles that you know, any youth team, whatever. Bring them in for a dine and donate. And you give 10% of your sales to. And then hopefully you earn business from that. And I said, I don't have 10% to give. And he said, you got to figure it out because you're failing already. Um, and he, he was right. I started reaching out. We started doing fundraisers. <clears throat> and really the cool thing is, you know, in restaurant industry, some people have, you know, they're, they're, if you go to a place and you have a bad experience, sometimes you may, may never go again. Right. And we may have had that. But when you have a fundraiser for your aunt that has cancer, you're, she's coming, that person's coming no matter There's what. There's a different reason you, to be and, there. And you earn your second chance. And when you start to straighten things up and, and business starts to flow like it should, all of a sudden you're doing this and you're, you're proving to people right. over and over that, hey, this is a good place, they have a good heart, and they're here for their community. Now, in the restaurant industry, our, our, the national average for... Um, restaurants profit is four percent. Okay, so four That's low. It's it's the, it's probably the low. I mean, really, people Those that margins start, are nuts. It's nothing. It's it, the people that start restaurants. You have to be passionate about it, right? Because you don't do it to be a billionaire, right? Or a millionaire, or sometimes even a hundred thousandaire. <laughs> you do it because you love it, right. and really, we do love it. Still, eleven years in, and we have you know you have your ups and downs, just like everybody does. But yeah, but we we do it because we love it, and also. We've seen how many people we've helped in our community, and we love it. It's 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 kind of like a drug. I was talking to my wife about this on the way here, and I said, "Do you remember, you know, when when we were starting to like really make a difference in the community? Where we're we're writing checks for a big amount of money. Mm-hmm. It's it you get on this high, your adrenaline goes, and and it's so yeah. great. Givers give, but you kind of feed on it though. Givers like, want to give more. You want it more. Yeah. Now, in the faith community, <clears throat> as a as a pastor, you know, I see giving, and as a as a as someone who tithes, I'm, I'm a tither, and and I, I'm only saying that for this example purposes. 
But I've got a funny story about that. So as an adult, going back into church, found a church that I love. I hadn't been in church since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. When I graduated high school, I kind of graduated church. Mm-hmm. So we, I got, I'm married. I've got a couple of kids. My wife and I are like, hey, we, we need to get back into church. Great. So we go to church, and we're learning about tithing. And um, so I go to the senior pastor. I'm like, hey, you know, how, how do I do this tithe thing? Well, you give 10% of your earnings, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, to church or wherever you want to. It's in, in the name of Christ. And I'm like, so is that gross or net? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah. And I says, I said, so w- what is it, gross or net? He says, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on, help me out. I want to do it right. He says, do what you think is right. Yeah. So it's funny because when you start doing that, and I did, and same thing. And it's when you start giving and you start seeing results, there's nothing better. No. Yeah. And then suddenly, and this is what I see in you, and I, and I don't know you well at all. We, it's just yeah. from Chamber. and We're going to learn each other. We're, we're going to learn, learn a lot right We're going to learn a lot in the next hour and 90 minutes. But, but there's, something, there's something remarkable about uh, about the people that I'm inviting in, and you're one of them, and I wanted you here because I see that in you too. There's something, there's something unique, and it's it's kind of different, but it's from the same spirit. You know, it's givers give, man, and and there's a joy, and there's a an intent, and it's not about self. It's about our community. It's about people. It's about love. It's about grace. It's about forgiveness. It's about purpose and passion, Amen. and all those things. You yeah. know, you're you're com- you're completely right. You, you, you care a lot more. You, I, I think you get to a point to where you have to slow down and worry about yourself for a minute. You do. You and, have and, to and really, put your like, own I, mask I, I've, on. I've kind of done this just recently. And, yeah. and you know, most of the time I'm just, I'm, I'm out running so much and I'm just trying to make sure that other people are in a good spot and happy and whatever I can do to improve someone's hour, minute, day, whatever it is, right. I want to help out. Right, you want to be a part of it. Yeah. But now all of a sudden I've started to learn that I have to slow things down slow things down for myself right. and right. and really, you know, take that time, you know, at the beginning of the day, the end of the day, in the middle of the day and just, you know, take 15 minutes for for Kyle. Do you do you have a morning routine now like are, are you it, it's kind of gone it's kind of gone in like different ways, you know, um I was the guy that, you know, I've always been a bar guy. So, you know, I've always... So morning is like 10. So it's it's later sometimes. Is it really? Well, okay. I mean, for a long time, and now things are changing now with the new location. Um, but it used to be that I didn't go to bed before 5 o'clock in the morning because I was getting off at 3.30. It's your lifestyle. It's your business. Yeah. You're, you're done working. Yeah. You're not ready to go to bed. You've yeah. got to decompress. you got and work the, to do. Yeah. So I'm, th- that's a big part of my thing is that I've never been very good at decompressing. Really? As much as I try. And it's not... I let it happen naturally, but... Decompression is 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 so many different ways. It, I mean, it's, it's different every night. I think mm-hmm. um, it can be. There's no one. Be. There's no one thing, and it, it just depends on what happened during that day. So um, I've really started to get into, you know, just making sure that I that I turn off the world um, for at least a part every shut, ev- shut every media down. every morning and every night. I you know I, I try to take fifteen to twenty minutes every morning before I get my day going. And and fifteen to twenty before I go to sleep, and and a lot of times it's outside. Really, that's that's where I like to go just to. And, and people, you know, the meditation thing is something that I've really been working on, 
and we can get more into that as we get the story yeah, built we'll get, up. We'll but get some it, of that. yeah, but it's it's you have to take time for yourself. And and I and I'm a Christian guy as well. Mm-hmm. And I used you know prayer was my time, but prayer you know a lot of time I was just talking with everybody, talking about everybody else, right? And not really thinking about myself. Yeah. So then now I have that that prayer time, and now I have the meditation time for Kyle to where I'm only thinking about things that I have going on right. and how that's affecting my life and how I'm going to combat them. And, and you know, my, so my big thing now is the mental health thing. And, and I've battled an anxiety disorder for, for eight years, depression for three. And I never worried about myself. Right. You know, it was, it was just, it was just something that I was battling with and I wanted, I don't want it, but I, I I also want to help other people that have it mm-hmm. battle it the way I you know in in the best terms that they can. Well, let me ask you this: This is something I've asked everybody so far. What's it like to be Kyle Dent? That's I a, haven't asked them that. I've asked I've asked them what's it like to be them. But what's it like to be Kyle Dent? What what is that? I've never been asked that question. I'm asking. That's a really great question, buddy. I, I'm I'm asking. Okay. So what's it know. like? What's it like? So and it take a second if you need to to. To f- yeah. formulate that because you know that's that Man, identity that's a great question. like yeah what's it like so Kyle Kyle Dent as a person is is always somebody that you know like I have a great marriage me and my wife are wonderful you guys it's so and I I was just thinking this because I just of course I I did all the research I could on you mm-hmm. before we before you came yeah. today. And I noticed on your LinkedIn, it's a picture of you and your wife. Yeah. And on Facebook, it's a picture of you and your wife. Mm-hmm. Everything is a picture of you and your wife. Yeah. There's no Kyle without. So Kelly. so the one of the big reasons about that is in the restaurant industry, it is said, and I don't know, I don't have any facts to show it, but, you know, they say the national average for a divorce is 50%. If you own a restaurant with your wife or significant other, it's 85%. Okay. So... I'm in the 15% of that, and I wanted kids. We both wanted kids, um, but the marriage has been so hard to manage and keep together that I'm so proud of being in that 15% that I never want to let it go. Yeah, that's a badge. It's a crown of honor. It really is. Yeah. It really so is. So that's a big part of Kyle Dent. It's a like huge— Your marriage is that's, a huge the, part the, of per, you. The personal part of Kyle Dent is— he is this empathetic, um, hardworking guy that really, really cares about everybody that walks into his business, that needs a helping hand, all that. Right. I want to I be a part of that, and I want to help. Now, business Kyle is, you know, this guy that, that started this restaurant that almost failed, that dove into his community. And and we talked about the Cottonville Walden Springs Chamber of Commerce, enormous part of it. Right. Like I I mean, you can't there there's not many bigger groups that have that many people in it that are so wonderful mm-hmm. that have really helped me along. So business Kyle, you, you see me walking around, you see this the guy that just anybody that walks in, I want you to have a great time. It gets hard though. It really yeah. does. Because our industry is the people that come in, you deal with people all the time. You deal with alcohol, which you know change can change like that. Yeah, instant. Yeah, you can you can have a you can have any person there that's having a great time, 
and they get a little too much or they get something that sparks, you know, an opinion thing. You know, it's why politics, religion are not allowed to be talked about in bars. Yeah. So I've always wanted to have this atmosphere that I built that's so positive. And, 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 the, and the people that I employ, and it was much easier at the old location because I had, I had 25 when we left the old location and now I have 60. So trying to meld those and make sure that I'm, I'm bringing up this positive environment mm-hmm. and, and showing all those employees that you care. And you have to get to know them. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Right. You know, like it, it's, you, you don't know each person. I do this thing called beer with the boss and I sit down and I ask them eight questions and I want to know how they're doing in their personal life. What can we do different at Shamrocks? What, what are we doing great at Shamrocks? Right. And, and, and how can we help you to be happy? And, and it comes out a lot of different ways. You know, sometimes it's, I need help with my physical health. Sometimes I need help with my mental health. Sometimes I need help repairing my credit so I can buy a new car for the first time. You know what? 20 years ago, those conversations would have never happened. Absolutely not. You're right. You never would have had. Now, I'm not saying that it didn't happen, but wholesale, you would never see just your average boss, especially, I think, in a bar or restaurant, sitting down and saying, hey, you know, Joe, how are you, man? Mm-hmm. Tell me about you. How's yeah. your life? That's a huge thing. And, and what I find interesting, too, Kyle, is that I asked you what it's like to be you, I and suddenly you're telling, about, telling me about everybody else yeah. so i get that hmm. let me work on me now a little bit okay so <laughs> and i'm not i'm not I, busting yeah. you i'm just no sure you know. I'm, I'm glad i gotta be reeled in sometimes um so kyle as a business owner is hectic it is and you know i mean yeah it's it's an entrepreneur doesn't have the nine to five we don't have the weekends off you know Monday, most of the time in a restaurant is the, is the day off. off. Um, so it's, it's hectic and it's, it's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, like today, you know, I I get up and I do meetings from nine o'clock in the morning. And then after this, I'll go run a shift at Shamrocks until two thirty in the morning. Gotcha. Um, but we love it. And I, I love it. I love this industry. I've always loved the restaurant industry. It's what's got me there. It's really, I, I, I've been in the restaurant industry since 1998 and I want to, I want to keep going. How has it changed? Like now you were young then. So your, your worldview is your worldview at 15 and a half is pretty limited. So 15 and a half to 39 and a half. So, wow, that's, that's 24 years, Mm -hmm. 25. That's what, yeah, it's a long time. Math major. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh how's it changed oh do you want the honest truth yeah people are awful people have gotten awful people you know what I, I knew i knew coming out of covid coming it, out of covid it's and you got it right everybody's got phone. a microphone everybody's got a microphone now it's it in as a whole people are so much less patient they are willing to blow up at anything and and people don't understand when you walk into a restaurant and you're waited on by an 18 to 25 year old person you know you they don't think about what they have going on they only think when i walk into a restaurant i want my food as fast as possible i want perfect i I want want perfect chicken hot and i know it's got to be presented well i don't want to wait 
Yeah. yeah. So my restaurant now has almost 300 people that we can seat and trying to get, and I, I compare like there's four people cooking for 300. So you're trying to get every single person's order out in less than, I mean, it depends on the item, less than 20 minutes mm-hmm. is acceptable. Well, now coming out of COVID, it's very different because, you know, our job force is different. And that's a big thing that's changed. But the the way that that people talk to my staff, I could I could tell horror stories. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it, I, I I would love I would love to do I, I have to do a thing on the restaurant industry because, you know, the, the females deal with a lot of sexual harassment. I had a guy that, you know, just last week that, you know, went up and and groped a server just Good. walking to the Good bathroom. Night. And she said, who told you you could do that? And he said, I effing did. And he went to the bathroom like it was a completely normal thing. Right. She was standing at another table taking an order. And that's what we're dealing with every single week, all the time. Yeah, that's unacceptable. But you know what? Like, I mean, retail is the same way. Retail is the same way. It's everywhere. It is. It, it, you know, you go walk into a gas station. You see those people. You, It's all over online. Social media, we talked about, you know, you just raised your phone. We're getting information quicker than we ever have before. Right. And, and, if there's, and we expect it. We expect everything that's now very, because yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Because I, if I want to know, you know, how many spots are on a leopard, I can find. I don't have to go to the library. I can learn it. Just like if that. I want a chicken sandwich, I want it now. Mm-hmm. So I see that. And you know, um, I'll mention Mike Elam, um, county councilman. Oh, I love Mike. He was talking about that too. That one of the things in politics that's changed over time is when you're having an open a public forum council meeting, people will just start shouting in the middle of conversation. People will will start calling you names from mm-hmm. the community seats. And that's something that that I don't think happened 20 and 30 and 40 years ago. I think they go right now, they go right for the jugular. When because because of social media, we know like Mike Elam, if you wanted to go if you didn't know Mike Elam and you knew that there was a, you know, a meeting that you could go to, you could go on his Facebook page and you could see something about him. And you know, at some point, if you yelled something from the crowd, you would get his attention in a negative way. Right. And a lot of people do that. Right. Right. There's, it's easy to get information to, 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 to build people up and to tear them down. It's, mm-hmm. it's simple to get that information. And that's, I think that's one of my big thing right now is, is it's trying to find a way to continue to build positivity and, and I really work on my staff that way because in, in the restaurant industry, you have, a, a, you know, a lot of people that can't, they just don't have a home. I mean, I've, I've employed more master's degrees in the last 10 years right. that just don't, don't know their way yet. Right. And, 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 and it's great. And, and I love those people because they work real hard and then we always tell them, Whenever you have to say goodbye, it's completely fine. It's okay. We want the best for you. Right. You're a part of the Shamrocks fam. We call it the Sham fam. Yeah. You're part of the Sham fam. And whenever you get to the point where you find that road into your career, you let us know. Right. Right. And, 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 and building and trying just to keep, even though we're serving 300 people out the front, trying to keep those 60 as positive as possible and finding the ways to improve their mind frame and their mental health and their, their experience while they're in my building. And, and, you know, before, you know, like I didn't have that many people that were 
under 18 or under 21. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, I've had quite a few, especially this time of year because school's out. School's out. They all want to work. But then you have parents of of these young adults that are expecting Kyle Dent to make sure that they're in a safe environment all the time. And of it's, course, and because, course. and then you, you want to loop back around. You have the people that are coming in that want to go right for the jugular. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in a different so, realm. W- w- I think of my staff here is, and this is what I tell my team. Uh, I'm here to support you, and of course, I want them to give the best service and best experience to our members, right? So I have a much smaller staff. Yeah. Thank God. I've got, you have multiple locations, though. I got two locations. Yeah, but. Pouring into my staff is my A number one primary goal. Giving them the tools, the training, and especially the mindset, the frame of mind that, you know, there's a certain expectation. And you, do, and it sounds to me like you're doing that in your restaurant. This is, this is how we do it. This is our flavor. This is our, our brand. This is how we serve people. Yeah. Other restaurants can serve them how they want, any vibe that they want. And I, I really just focus on my staff, but it sounds like, it sounds like in your situation, because you're working with such a variety, like you said, these kids, you really have to have that, that solid connection with how your staff is delivering to the customer too. I get to worry less about that because yeah. I have less staff and I hire great people and, and I, it's kind of done, you mm-hmm. know? But you're still involved. Your thumb is still in, on that marker for, oh, yeah. the, for the customer experience. My my oldest employee right now, and he's my, he's my oldest employee age-wise, he's also my oldest employee. He's been there since day one. He's 71 years old. Really? My youngest employee is 15 and a half. Yeah, wow. So you have this long range of of ages. And, and it's, like I said, it's easier when you have a group. Like if I had at the old place, you know, it was mostly like early 20s. And then, you know, there's a few that are that are older that are leaders that have been around for a bit. But learning how a 15 and a half year old lives their life and a 71 year old lives their life, I don't know either one because I'm 39. So I'm trying to do my best while they're in the building to make sure that they're happy. Right. And it's tough as a business owner to get to know them, what they need, their desires and how to motivate them. Mm-hmm. And especially if you want the longevity of the employment how to make sure, exactly like you said, beer with the boss, how to make sure that they're getting what they need. Because, you know, I don't think people understand, Kyle, that I don't think the average uh, patron, either, you know, member at my business or patron at your business, they don't understand that you really do care about that person 100%. who's working there. 100%. And you really do care about their life and their experience there. I want my staff to have a wonderful time here. I yeah. want them to show up charged up, in love with the day, the experience, the job, the members. And how do you do that in a restaurant? In a lot of different ways. You know, I, I think... What are some of the things you found that are really, like, what's your go-to when you know someone's having a bad day? One of your staff members. A like, shot. Let's do a shot. Let's do a shot. Yeah. Or, or if they're not old, you know, like... What do you do with the it's, 15, 16 year olds? You take them outside and you have a chat with them. You just, just hey, man. You, you let them get away from, from that situation. You bring them out back. You know, you say, hey, listen, I know you had a rough night. I'd like to, you know, a burger. What do you, what do you, what, you know, and it just depends. You, know, like you have to get to know your employees. That's the biggest thing. Right. Because my fifth, I have, you know, a few now that are, you know, that are 15 to 18. The one 15 year old female ticks different than the, totally. you know, the 16 year old male. 
So I'm, I'm really like learning on, and, and I'm really blessed to have my degree in education because you know, it was, it was all about, I, I, when I, when I got my degree and I decided to open a bar, I was really disappointed that I'd never get to use that degree. And then over the last 10 years, I and learned suddenly you how I use my degree every day. All those tools. All those tools. Every day. Um, so, so finding a way to motivate each one, each of them depends. So, you know, it's, it's, re- you know, it's really just caring. That's it. Just like you said, you care about your staff here. They're spending 40 hours a week here. You want them to be happy while they're in your, in right. your building. Right. And that's your job. And, and you see these toxic environments that, that are all over business. And, and they hurt, man. They, they, you, you hear people, you know, there's, I, for me, there's nothing worse than watching someone beat down about their job right? because they have to go to bed and then they have to get up in the morning and get enough motivation to go back and do it again. Right. And then you bring in. And if you stop at the, the employment, if you stop and just say, you know, Hey, tomorrow's a better day or you know, it's going to be bad or, you know, gosh, you get it, you know, let it go. And if you stop there and send them home and not really caring about that experience that they have between that shift. And I think that's something that you're doing. I don't know a lot of restaurant owners. Yeah. I know a few, but I know you're, I, I, I know the people in the community and how they talk about what you're doing and what you do. And you really do care about them, don't you? I, like you're, you meet them where they are, wherever they are. It's, it's, it's the best thing when you, when you get to know someone and you make a difference, when you could see someone that is, whether they're doing well or not doing well, like I've been invited to graduations, you know, from people that I employed, you know, now being in, you know, as a restaurant owner for 10 and a half years, I, you know, now I have people that, that I started at the beginning that were hostesses or the, the, you know, dishwashers. And now all of a sudden they're having kids right. and they're in their careers and I'm being invited to weddings for, for kids, you know, at that right. point when I was and working with them, probably employed hundreds and hundreds of people, over hundreds years. and hundreds. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. Um, and, and the ones that, that hang on are, are wonderful, but, but you have to have that mind frame that you're going to care about each one when they come in, you do a nice introduction and you, and you start to, you do beer with the boss to learn right. about them. Do you do that right away? No. I used to, but now it's too much right now. You know, we're, we're only six months at the new location, so I'm trying to get kind of caught up. Right. Um, but, but at some point, you're going to be like, hey, I got, I got 15 minutes. Hey, come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but you, then you get the negative part to where you really care about somebody and you really want to help them change your lives. And, and then they don't reciprocate or they, they, people just, are people. they just leave. It, it's hard, man. It, it is really hard. Is. It's probably the, one of the things that I, that I, that I like least about being an entrepreneur is when you when you really dive in and, I, and I'll give you I'll give you an example um, when we were moving from the old location to the new location I had um, I was it was the lease was over in two hours okay okay so I was basically I had everything out of the building I had one last thing it was my project it was our beer system and I was taking it down um, out of the beer cooler and I hear screaming, and I had a, a, a cook that was there helping, and he had an epileptic, epileptic seizure, didn't take his medicine, and he was dead in my arms. Mm. Resuscitated him, brought him back to life. Wow. And he quit two months later because he said the work was too hard. And that, not only because 
you weren't willing to just work past a few obstacles. But I had done this big thing, and it was an impactful for me because that is a moment that I'll always remember as an owner. Right. That that <clears throat> that happened. The ambulance didn't get there for another few minutes. He was purple in my in my arms. Yeah. And I really cared about that person, and that is long lasting. But then that person had gone through so much stuff and and just didn't feel the same way, and not only left Shamrocks, but then bashed me on social media. Wow. Which which we we got knocked out really quick because I said, I it's it's kind of like it's. It's your perspective. At, right. that, at that point, his perspective was because we wouldn't allow him to show up late and we'd not give him enough chances, then sure. you, you know, Shamrocks, Kyle, Kyle did this to me. Well, of course. But you don't yeah. remember two months before that right. when I was calling you in my arms right. and you didn't know your name. Yeah. That's, that's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. So you have those things. That that's that's the part that is an entrepreneur that I really have a hard time with. Yeah, the best part is is when you have when you get to see, you know, the kids going and graduating high school. That's or neat. or yeah. buying their first car with the money they made from from totally. That's it. We've man. got we work with interns with the Caps program here. Oh, I love Caps. Eric Land. Yeah. Is, Eric is it, 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 it's amazing. Yeah, um, and uh, and of course Dan Tripp and everybody Wonderful. else over there. But um, we work we work with interns, and it's I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want kids in my business. But it something made me decide to do it several years ago, and um, I got involved. I interviewed, and I chose an intern. And um, Macy Wallace was my first intern. Oh yeah, you know Macy. I know of Macy. Yeah, and. Uh, it was it was an amazing experience, uh, be it especially especially the ones. Now I love the ones that are in the medical side that love what we do with with our, with osteostrong that mm. that business. But it was thrilling because she was interested in 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 the entrepreneur side. So I took her on site. It was this was before I had the St. Peter's location, and I was taking her on site visits. I, w- I took her on lease negotiations, mm-hmm. and I took, you know, just all of the things that you do as a business owner. Yeah. And it was an amazing experience. She was my right-hand man. And because of, because of that, I, I keep doing it now. And still having those interns here, and now Macy's at college, you know, like you. She bought the car, and I'm like, oh, that's neat. She's yeah. like, you know, because I, I hire them all. Yeah. After after school's done, I hire them all to come in the summer and work here. But that was a great experience, and and the interns have been wonderful. But I never thought that I would want young people in my business. I love kids, right? Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm a horrible Sunday school teacher, <laughs> but I love kids. Like okay. I'm not your guy if you're looking for a Sunday school teacher. But I love kids. But having them in here has added a spark, especially because most of our members here are postmenopausal women. Mm-hmm. So having teen girls in here and teen boys, it's exciting for them. Yeah. And especially to have these kids learning this technology and sharing it. So when, when you bring in a young person, say as a dishwasher, a bar back, or I don't know if they can even do that. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. About. But they're learning the ropes, and then you you maybe let them you bring them on as a server, and they're working their way out. That's got to be proud. You've got to be proud of them. 
It, it, I mean, it absolutely is. And, and watching the ones that I that I've hired, you know, from you know the fifteen year old ones, and now they're. I mean, I do have some that have been there six, seven years, and watching them grow as an adult, and and being there as a mentor, and and you know, the the one thing that that I I feel like I do a really good job as is is just making sure that they always know that I'm there, and when you when you have something going on, even if I don't understand it, because I mean. You know, as a near forty year old, you know the fifteen to twenty one, twenty five. It's it's a different world now. It's With, different, it, it, yeah. yeah, but I'm not always going to understand. Understand, but I understand people really, really well. And and you know when you're having the relationship thing and and you need someone to talk to, I always want to give them the safe place. So if you say, Kyle, can I go sit in your office and talk to you? I always want to make myself available. Yeah, you have. There's got to be like the button. Yeah. There's a there's a button that when you got to allow them to push it and when they need it. I had a I had an employee. Um, She's since moved away. And this is I'll say this because we're having this type of conversation. She worked for me. She was referred to us to come to work for for me by somebody who worked for me. And the person who works for me loves working here, and 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 we we're, we're she and I are wonderful. Mm-hmm. So this woman came to work for us, and. We had a member who quit because of this woman, mm-hmm. and she didn't understand why. I, this it was an ugly situation. The member was offended, was upset. She quit. I was able to salvage that, but out of this, me and this employee sat in my office, and I just wanted to talk with her and and just just let her just let her rest, you mm-hmm. know. Because this was a situation that kind of blew up. So I, 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 said, I said her name. And the first thing I said was, how are you? Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect that she would start crying all of a sudden. Because mm-hmm. I don't have the experience that you do as an employer. And, you know, the turnover of people that you do. We've got several hundred members, but I... I'm not serving 300 people or 500 people a day, seven days a week. But it was really remarkable because as soon as I asked her how she was, she started crying. Mm -hmm. And then it it wasn't business owner, boss. It was Pastor Mike. Yeah. And wow, let's, let's talk. And through the end of it, what was really interesting, this is, this is funny. I laugh about this because we talked, we must've talked for 90 minutes, maybe almost two hours. On the clock, we're in the office, and we got done, and and it was a great conversation. But she looks up and at me, and she goes, "I didn't believe it was true. I didn't believe that you cared about people." Wow, you know. <clears throat> and two things out of that, it's like, what am I doing wrong to make sure that to to so what was I doing that made her not believe that I cared about people? One and two. Why didn't I show her that already? Mm-hmm. So I can also take pride in the fact that, well, she did find out. But at the same time, it was an indictment and a compliment all sure. at the same time, right? So it was a moment for me as an employer, and it made me get better. You I, know? I think that that people that come to us, and it, it depends on their age, um, but... They've worked with so many people, especially if you work for a corporation. I think one of the corporate, one of the, the hardest things for corporations to do is show that they care. You know, right. can you imagine running a Target 
and, and or as a, as a corporation or regional manager trying to make sure that all those employees are felt like they cared for. I worked at Citibank for years. Oh my gosh, yes. And at the time, there were there were five thousand people in that building. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, do you know Joe? Yeah, you're speck of dust. Joes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's now that's hard. At the time, my boss at the time, Robin Willman, and I'll tag you on this, Robin. <laughs> but she was wonderful. She was one of those lights in the tunnel. And I ended up working for and Cindy Blackstock too. Was the same. These two women that I worked for. Um, Robin, I must have worked for her for 12 years and I wanted nothing more to be on her in her under her leadership because mm-hmm. she was someone, and this is interesting because, you know, she would be in her, we're on cubes. Mm-hmm. So she would be in her cube and anytime somebody, I learned this from her, anytime somebody would walk back and present themselves, you know, cause we didn't have doors. Sure. She would stop typing, turn around face them and smile 100% of the time. So thank you for that, Robin, if you're listening. That's awesome. I loved you for that, and I still do. (laughs) But giving them the attention is critical. But I want to talk about, uh, you've recently made some public declarations about some struggles that you've had. Yeah. So share with me what those struggles are, if you're willing. Yeah. And then the question, the follow-up question is, when did you notice these things and how did it affect you as a business owner? Sure. Um, so really my, my anxiety disorder started because of the business. I was overworked. Um, we were trying to start another location, um, another business. It was a, it was a pizza place and my wife and my in-laws are our other partners. Um, they were off doing this whole thing. And it wasn't, it was something we all agreed to. It wasn't like it came out of the blue and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, they're going to be. This wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a surprise. I knew that it was coming, but I didn't realize how, how much I was going to be left there to handle the day to day. So, you know, I, I, I tell a story, I, you know, I, I'd worked up this list and I, I love, you know, I'm a to-do list guy. Okay. And I love whiteboards. So there's this big four foot by six foot whiteboard that I'd, I'd wrote down all these things that needed to be done. And you know, when, when you're a business owner, you know, it's, it's building maintenance and it's social media and it's customers and it's products. And it's all these things that you really have to keep track of all the time. So I had this huge list and it was at my breaking point. And the next thing I knew I, I, I was on the ground and I, one of my employees was picking me up and you know, I had a really, really hard time that weekend, panic attack after panic, like, and it just, it's something that I'd not gone before, uh, gone on before because I had, I was so positive. I, I, I grew up with a great family in a great household with great friends. I didn't have, you know, wasn't so stress and struggle wasn't stru- part. Of, no, it wasn't in your. It wasn't part of your equation. It to that level, it wasn't to that level. Yeah, yeah. But were you feeling like in hindsight? Hindsight's always. You know the greatest observer and teacher. Did you? Do you look back now and say, "Oh man, I should have, I should have noticed that," or do do you look back and say, "Oh yeah, I see how that came." I, I, I look, I look at it and I say, "I get why I did it." But during the time, mm-hmm. like over the last ten years, did you see signs of some struggles? No. Oh well, yeah, yes, but it's not. It's young. You know, like I said, I, I started when I was twenty-eight. I was, I wouldn't say that I was hot-headed, but I've always been 
willing to express my feelings and in, in restaurants especially like when you see it on tv when you see gordon ramsay throwing a plate that's every restaurant that you ever work in seriously Every restaurant has a hot-headed kitchen manager. It's a part of the thing. It's just the culture. It's huh? the culture. Yeah. It's and 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 restaurants specifically. I mean, it's. I'm not going to say that bar rescue is not BS, and there's not a there's a lot of truth to it too, and 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 those struggles and those tempers and and then I mean and then we could throw in because you have unlimited amount of access to alcohol, and we're known for you know the people that work for you are. You know, we're known for our addictive personalities Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, drugs run rampant through our industry, cocaine and marijuana and all that run, run so fluent. So you, you add that onto these personalities. Yeah. And it's just out of control. It's out of control. Side, side question real quick. Mm -hmm. Did you ever... So you told me why you wanted to be in the in the bar and mm-hmm. restaurant. You love the people. I love you. The love, people. You love the industry. Yeah. Love that. Was was there ever a struggle with alcohol? Oh yeah. Okay. It's constant. Was. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm still. It's it's all the time. Is it really? It's all the time. And because that's how we were bred. You know, like when when I my first shift when I got out of training through like my re- first real bartending staff. The first thing you do is go out with the entire bartending staff and get drunk. Right. And they initiate you. You know, I think it's a little different now, but, but now, but it's, it's, I mean, even my restaurant too. And I, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm an open book that's drinking is a part of our culture. Sure. And, and doing shots while you're working is a part of our culture. And I'm still in that thing. I've been doing it for, I was a bartender for 20, 10 years. I've owned a bar for 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's it's a constant battle. You always have to watch it. And and like most, I come from both sides of the family or alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. So so we go back we will go back to the yeah, mental health. Yeah, so thing. the anxiety and and, and the so, mental health, yeah. Yeah, so so my anxiety starts um and then I really When was this? So it was 2015. Um in and then I really like the medication that they gave me, you know, you work through cause they had their side effects, but they do work. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. And, and, and I, I just recently did a speech and I said, guys don't like taking pills. Right. And that's very true. Right. Guys don't it, like, going hey, to I got this. I got this. I'll figure it out. I didn't have it. And, and that medication made me feel better. I'm still on that same medication, yeah. you know, or I'm still on an anxiety pill to this day. Um, but I didn't have a plan and, and, and recently is, is what brought, I, I hit everything. I would say to you, if Mike came up and asked me, Kyle, do you have an anxiety disorder? I'm right there to tell you that, that I have it and I battle it for eight years. Now, what goes on behind would, would you have doors? answered Would you have said that four years ago? Uh-huh. Okay. The, you totally would have. The entire time. Okay. The entire time. Now, what goes on with that anxiety disorder? And then when you add depression to it, then it, it starts to get a little dark. And, and it's, it just piles on you and piles on you. And the biggest thing that I did was I talked and, and that's kind of what my thing is right now is that I'm really working on trying to get people to, um, to talk about what's going on. And it doesn't matter in any frame. 
you don't have to go anywhere. If, if there's a little thing, if you're saying, I'm just not doing well today because of this, mm-hmm. it's okay to talk about it. Right. And, you know, and in a lot of friends now, and a lot of, you know, it, it just, this, this whole thing just busted my world wide open because mm-hmm. I have people writing me from all over the world. Right. And saying, thank you for coming out and saying that you're doing that because one, nobody does it. Right. And, and thank you for being the person that made me feel like I'm not alone. You, you know, you don't, you don't have to, when it comes to confessing, mm-hmm. it's such an unleashing of a burden. You know, you're just, you're just lighter. Yeah. And it's life changing. And suddenly you, you, you realize there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train, you know, it's yeah. an actual light, you right. know, but not everybody has to confess publicly. No, you yeah, can you confess to your, right. you can confess to your best buddy, your, 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 your fret buddy, your best friend. You can confess to your wife. You can confess to, as a matter of fact, to begin, you don't have to confess to anyone. You can just speak it. Yeah. Just saying the words. But it takes something more. I think it takes a bravery to confess publicly. And and I remember your Facebook post. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the... And I've known you for a while. But yeah. one, of, one of the first things that drew me to you from... And, you know, we're, there's, there's a table between us. So relax. Uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That made me interested more in you mm-hmm. not that i wasn't already but it was just business sure i'm like kyle's a successful businessman i want to know him better yeah and i would have invited you on this podcast anyway because you i you, you're an influence in business and it's all because of like you said it's the giving yeah and what you get from giving it far exceeds what you give mm-hmm. but this is another layer yeah. You know, this is a personal layer and it and not everybody has to share that publicly and you did. So has your life changed? Oh my god. Since that Facebook it, post. It, it's it's so it's so different. And I and I want to I want to tell the story and and because there's this Christian aspect with with this podcast obviously. I want to tell a story about how I kind of went and and combated finally what I did. So was battling for a long time. Three months ago, I was going through the worst bout of depression I ever had. And and for the people that are listening, the, the anxiety, depression, I always say, I, I call it the anxiety monster because you never know when the monster is going to come out. And depression's a little bit different because, you know, it's a lot of handling emotions and, you know, it's it's this long thing. Anxiety. Do you, do you have a warning with depression? Like, do you? No. I, you, I, I don't with depression. I do with anxiety. Oh, I would have yeah. guessed otherwise. Yeah, it's, 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 I can feel, and, and it's, I mean, I've also had a longer time with the anxiety than I have the depression. Okay. Um, but again, I'm, I'm this very positive guy that lives a really good life. I just have these two things that have a little bit of hold of my mental health that I have. To, it's an everyday thing. You really, really work on it. And, and I, and I've seen the strides that I've made have really improved my life. Yesterday I had a really bad day. Did you? Really bad day. But you take your time, you sit at home, you lick your wounds, and and then you you try to build that plan for the next day. And you've got tools now. And I have tools now. So I, I want to share the story. So anxiety for eight years, depression for three years, and I had just I'd, I'd hit my breaking point. 
And when I, and I, when I talk a lot about this and a lot of people ask me about suicide and I've never been suicidal. It's not like I don't get very low or I feel like I have nowhere to go. It's, it's, it's just, you get to this point where you can't figure out how to dig yourself back out of the hole. It's just heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. And it, but you've been collecting it for months and that, and, and really with me, I've been collecting the anxiety stuff for eight years. Yeah. I mean, th- my wife knew a few best friends knew, you know, but like even my parents who I talk to a lot still, you know, they, they don't know. They, they're always, they're so caring. They always want to be there for me, but it's hard because you have to put out to someone that is your protector and tell them that you're not okay. And they don't want to hear that because they can't protect you as much as they right. did before. Did you try to hide feelings of anxiety from your wife? Um, no. Or were you- I mean, yes and no. Um, the bi- I'm, I'm a really good communicator. Okay. My wife is, she battles depression and anxiety as well. She's very introverted. So um, she, it wasn't, it wasn't as, e- it's, it's a lot easier for me to talk to her and explain what's going on than for her to talk to me. Right. And, and she may identify and just but, say, exactly. And that, and really, I mean, it's now we work every day and you know, it's asking if you're okay or right. when, when something hits the fan, you know, let's, let's work this through. And, and I've really been trying to just tell her like slow down, right? Instead of acting very quickly, you got to slow things down and let's really plan out on how you're going to act. Right. And, and that's a big part of my anxiety. So like I said, at the very beginning, you're taking 15 minutes. I always think about what I have, the meetings I have and what may create anxiety for me. And then I say, when I get there, let's just slow down for a second and let's really combat it the right way. And that's hard. And, and I, I tell this to people over the last two months and people are like, I can't do that. You can. It's you. It's it's training, right? And for some reason, it's just it just clicked you, off. With you me. know, it's silly, but even in conversation, if you're asked a question, you know, we know from in business, if you were asked a question, just from a business perspective, you would pause and you would answer the question. Yeah. Why? Because you have to formulate your thoughts. You don't want your first response. You don't want a knee-jerk reaction. You want to you have a couple of moments, just seconds, to pause. And, and, and this may be a silly analogy, but, you know, I can see I don't, I don't have anxiety. I, you know what? I think I have because I've had some tightness in my chest in my mm-hmm. life where maybe four times yeah. where I was just like, I don't know what this is. So I breathe and I get through it. But that moment to pause, that's so powerful in every situation, slowing down and saying, hold on, I'm just going to let my mind process this. And then, so you've, you've been able to, you've had some success. Yeah. So going back to the one thing I want to really wanted to share. So I, I'm, I'm new to hunting and, oh, okay, yeah. and do you hunt? I do. Yeah. So I, I didn't grow up in a family with, with that, you know outdoorsy nature, you know, go out and, but I, I did it because I wanted to feel the full circle. I wanted, if I was going to eat the food, I wanted to understand what it was like. So, and I don't want to get into that, but sure. But I, so I, I, 
I went into the woods and on my way up, I drove three hours to my hunting property or that, that I go to with my buddy. And I knew that I had four straight days of getting up at four o'clock in the morning, watching the sunrise and trying to get a turkey. Right. And, but when I, when I was driving up, I said, you know, Kyle, I, I've just had enough of this. I've had enough of you trying to let that one pill that you take in the morning handle all your problems. And I, so I said, when I come back from this hunting trip, I'm going to have some type of plan. And so I go, I wake up the first morning and I sit there and I started and I'm a Christian guy and I started praying. And when you're out in the woods, you don't have cell phone service. It's, it's the birds chirping and all the, you know, it's, it's, there is it's nothing different. it's nothing like it in the entire world. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, for me, when you're sitting at the stump of the tree and when the sun rises and the owls go and then the titmouses go and they make their noise and then the cardinals go and the turkeys start to gobble. It's the exact same way every morning. Mm-hmm. Every time. No matter when where yep. you're at, it's the exact same. So that kind of like resonated with me. So I knew I was with nature and I knew I was close to God. And I said, God, I know you've forgiven me. And Kyle, we're going to work on forgiving yourself. So over the next 15 hours of sitting in complete quiet, I said, Kyle, here's your thing. What, what, where do you have that really something you really want to work on? And I, each thing that bugged me, on a regular basis that like personal things. Sure. So like holding grudges, you know, I don't, I don't hold grudges, but I was holding grudges against myself. I was, I, there was a lot of things that I, there's a lot of emotional baggage that I had and I needed to get rid of it. Last day I went to hunt. I said, this is it, buddy. God, you've forgiven me, Kyle. It's time to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And I felt this weight lifted off my heart. Like, it's, you know, that moment, it's like what you read in or you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. It was the exact same way. And, and it's, it's like when, and people that are listening, when you, when you, if you have panic attacks and you don't know what's going on and your heart races and you don't know how to stop it and you're just trying to breathe and you're trying not to pass out. When you start to feel back to normal again, that's how I felt. Right. And that was my moment. And since then I've started to speak and I've started mm-hmm. to talk and I've started to help other people. It, it's 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 been life changing. If you're if you're someone who loves people and you have a struggle, and you learn and you gain, you garner tools. You start collecting tools to to whittle away or to improve that situation. You have it gives such an opportunity. It gives you a venue to serve in another way, mm-hmm. which brings another incredible joy. So, what are you proud of through this? Uh, I'm really, you know what, the one thing that I, that I had, and I realized it was a part of my thing is that I was always out looking for approval. I wanted, when I did something well, I wanted someone to be there to pat me on my back. But when they patted me on my back, I didn't listen to them. I was always focused on the negative parts. So, you know, and there's, you know, we can go into the positive and negative. It's, it's been talked about forever that you, you pay attention more to the negative than you do the positive. So I, I really started to slow things down and, and focus on the positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm really proud of myself. I'm proud of myself for 
reaching out and talking to people. I'm really proud of all the people that I've helped so far. And, and I had no idea where it was going to take me. Mm-hmm. And, and people come up to me quite a bit. I see people, you know, that, you know, my last thing was, was viewed just on my page 5,000 times. And then it went on a, a Facebook page. The end is near, um, which is, you know, mm-hmm. Brandon. Um, right. And, and that had, a, that has 106,000 followers on it. Wow. So that was put on live there. So a lot of people that's, and that's kind of how I got like people from New Zealand writing me mm-hmm. and saying, right. Hey, you know, I needed this today. That that's being of service to people that way, even though I'm not a mental health professional, I'm just a guy that is willing to talk about what's going on in his life. Right. And I, and I, and I'm, and I'm not scared of it. Right. And I don't realize it when I get up there and when I went back and watched my last speech and it was 20 minutes of, of me pouring my heart out, Mm -hmm. people say, you're so courageous. You're so brave. Thank you for doing that. And to me, it didn't, it didn't realize that in the moment. It's just something that I did. Mm Mm-hmm. But then when I went back, I went, oh, man, I really put it out there. Right, right. But still. Yeah, you can't take it back. It's on your permanent record. It's on my permanent record. But <laughs> you know is. what? I'm, I'm proud of it being on my permanent record. Right. Because of so many people. I mean, people that I've talked to from high school. And I mean, I, I had a I had a guy reach out to me. And I was in a wedding with him 10 years ago. And I really didn't remember him. And he he said... He, he sent me a, a message on Facebook and a video message. And he told me that he had a knife against his neck last week. And he said, I needed, I needed a, I needed a, I needed a light and you brought me that light. And then now all of a sudden you start to tie in to these people and you hear their story. And even though you didn't know them before, you know, you're in the same book as they right, are. Right. And, <clears throat> and that's it, man. Yeah. The setup's different. The setting's different. The players mm-hmm. are different. It's the same story. It's the same story. It's the human condition. Yeah. And I'll challenge anybody, anybody on the planet to tell me their life's perfect. And it's not. Yeah. We may not have mental health struggles, but maybe we have addiction struggles. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have codependency. Maybe we have, um, you know, um, marital, marital issues. Oh, yes. Yeah, this is something that I'm tying to a lot too. That I'll begin to speak a lot more on um, is is the marital stuff mm-hmm. because you you know when you, when you have and like I said, me and my wife um, we both battle you know these different things and it's for different reasons. You know, like hers, you know, branches from some some childhood stuff and you know high school and all that. Right. Mine branch way way after. You know, mine mine start from business and right. and, and and stress and so when you when you when you bring those two together to try to form a marriage that is happy is really tough. But when you it's love each other right out of the gate, it's tough right out of the gate. It's I, I, so I'm an ordained minister and I and knew I, that. And, and I, and, and I tell you what, I absolutely love it. It's, it's really, there's nothing better than marrying. It, it's, it's not it, there. There's, there's, there's nothing better because I have, I, I really, I have such a great marriage. The, the, so when I started in the restaurant industry, I worked for a, a catering company and I did weddings for seven years. Did you? So I've seen more wedding receptions and more best man speeches mm-hmm. and all that. And I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And most people it pushed them away. And I and I still have friends from way back then that worked with me. Right. And they just they can't stand it. And right. I just gravitate toward it. I played in a band that did weddings, a band called Groove Thing. I played with them mm-hmm. for ten years. And we would do sometimes 20, 30 weddings a year. Yeah. And I always, I always loved, and especially when I had kids, mm-hmm. 
um, just seeing the daddy daughter dances. I yeah. love the professions of of love from the it, from that's the, it. The, it? it. It's you're catching you're catching at least at least two people on what is supposed to be the best day of their life. The happiest day. I am now permanently joined with this person that mm-hmm. I would I would I'd rather be with nobody else. Yeah, it's a magic moment. Yeah, I felt like that on my at my wedding day, and I still feel like that today. I'm the same way. I've been with my wife for 23 years, and I, I, yes, good yeah. grief, what a blessing. Yeah. So, what do you see in your future for for this movement? Let's talk about I, I, your your business is always going to be successful mm-hmm. because you've built, you've built systems and you have. You have people and systems in place to make it successful. Yeah. What do you see in your future for this new venture of your um, philanthropy, for yeah. lack of a better term, when it comes to mental health? Is this a new thing for you? Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, I really got into it. I, I, You know, like the motivational part of it, I've always been the guy, and I, I look at some of your books here, and, and I, 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 I see the ones that, I, that, I've, <laughs> that I've dabbled in. Um, this is, but, yeah. Not even, not <laughs> right, even a, 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 a ten thousandth of yeah. the books that I have at home. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I like the mental health part of it is something so new that I'm just taking it day by day. Is it? A, I, is still a discovery process? It's for still you? a discovery. So, but, but you, I, I want to be motivational in that point because I've seen already just in the I mean, my very short time period of, of speaking on it and and coming out and and reaching out to people. It's so. What the one the next thing that I'm writing is is called hiding in plain sight, and and the reason why I'm writing it is because when I came out and said I'm not mentally well, and really mine was self-worth and self-esteem and always had i mean if you get me before my anxiety disorder started i had the highest self-esteem sure i had i just i really worked through everything and then now i'm i'm listening to people and looking around and people that have just seen me on facebook and reaching out and saying i'm not okay that makes me motivated to do it more and i don't you know I, I don't know where it's going to take me, but I know I want to continue. Right. I want to continue to speak. I want people to know. And and my first speech that I wrote was called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And it was about a book that I read. Um, it's actually Sean Payton, from, who is the head coach of uh, the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. or was. Um, he he said that quote, it's okay to not be okay. So now we go along, and, and I'm seeing all these people that are coming out. And it's wild to me. Because the people that are reaching out, when you see them in public or on social media, they look happy. Mm-hmm. They were doing the exact same thing that I was sure. doing. I, I walked around my restaurant on my worst days because you have to. You know, you run a business. You don't get to walk out of this office and and, and, and go and, and be negative to somebody. No. you got to put on. I call it the Kyle show. Kyle, there's times I, I, I pull up and, you know, I live a, a, a really wonderful life that I love. But I'm just like anybody else, you know, putting the pants on in the morning. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's stress. There yeah. are things to do. There are things that are undone. And I came up in high school and college in theater. And the truth is, when I know that it's time for me to, you know, I'm doing air quotes, perform. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not fake. Yeah. It's real. But sometimes I have to get into character 
I'm the same way. To come in and be that, because there's a, there's an expectation that our mm-hmm. clientele has for us, and we've built it on purpose. Yeah. You know, you, you, when you walk into Shamrocks, they don't want to see Kyle with a frown, with, you know, in a hurry to rush back to the office and lock the door. You can't do that. Right. And I can't come into my center and just, and be negative and just say, no, I can't talk to you. I'm too busy. Right. No, it's, if I have six, eight people in here, I'm going to spend five, 10, 15, 20 minutes with them. Mm-hmm. And I'll sit in my car in the parking lot sometimes for four or five minutes. I'll put on some praise music or, or even a comedian, just something yeah. to lift the mood. I'm very, I'm, I have, this, I have this tattoo on my arm that says music is the medicine that heals your soul. It it's, is. I, I, I use music a lot to, and to help. It's to get into character. Yeah. And suddenly not only are my spirits lifted, I still have the same problems, but you can smile and walk in and, and you can be real. But, but it's what I learned getting into character. Yeah. But it's the tools. You know? What I'm saying is not, it's, I'm not lying to you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, to, to walk around and, and like I said, the show, but you do have to build up this positivity and yeah. this excitement all the time. And it's hard. It like, is, you know, hard. you know, like, and, and really like my industry, it's, we we're open seven days a week from 11 AM or 10 AM to one thirty AM. So it's a very long thing. And, and, and people, you know, we have like this weekend, you know, we have events, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, mm-hmm. two important days to where most people are saying, this is my time to sit at home, to do the family stuff right now. It's beautiful ballpark, Bar- or, you know, right. Barbecue, whatever you want. We don't necessarily get that. So it's, that's something that we have to navigate. Are, I've recently taken a, a, a very structured and, and in, intentional look at my days. Mm-hmm. Because I can make them whatever I want. I can be productive or I can blow them off. Yeah. Right? I want to be productive. And I've, what I learned, and maybe maybe, you've, maybe you can ex- uh, share that you've had a similar experience or not, but I would write in all day long, every day, work, 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 work. My son one day says, Dad... Want me to do a, a you impersonation? I'm like, sure. He grabs my MacBook and sits on the couch, opens it up, and starts just slamming the keys going, work, 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 work. Wow. I died. Because that's How old my, is he then? He was, at the time, he was, he was eight. Yeah. And I died. That sucks, yeah. It sucks. And over the past couple of years, I, I've hired a coach, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. This is, and you mentioned you take those 15 minutes in the beginning of the day to the end of the day. I've, I'm putting my money where my mouth is on personal development. Mm-hmm. I'm doing four hours every day. Good for you. Personal development. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Wow. I schedule nothing. It's personal development. And it's. I get up and I walk two and a half miles. I make breakfast. I eat. I shower. I read for at least a half hour to an hour. Um, I'm in scripture, yeah. memorizing scripture again. Um, and I'll with my kids. I'll sit and talk with them about their lives. That's personal development. I won't leave my house most days now until ten o'clock. 
Mm-hmm. And I need that. Now I need that. But back then, it was, well, I got to build this empire. Yeah. You know? Did, did you feel like that with Shamrocks? Oh, yeah. I, I, so I had, so Kelly always, my wife Kelly, always worked AM. She was always the morning person. And I would come in, you know, depending on the day. But I would come in at two or three, and I worked till three o'clock in the morning. Right. And really, the first, and, and we just said this last night, and now we're to the point now where we have several nights a week. We didn't eat at our dinner table in our house for the first four years. Right. We didn't wow. have a permanent date night probably until year six, where we picked every Thursday this mm-hmm. was going to be our thing. We battled a long, long way. A lot of times, but it, you know what? Like when you love your significant other, that point is just you're missing them and you want to figure out a way. And I think that was part of the business, like making it profitable mm-hmm. enough to where I could spend more time with my wife. Right, right. And and we live very simple At lives. At some point you can't like in the yeah. beginning you can't No, it's, it's all in hundred hours in. a week mm-hmm. and, and, and we're doing this. And at some point those hours ease up. Did you struggle with letting go of the reins? Like when, when I'm you, doing it right, I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. And it's it's really hard because I'm I've always been the, you know, the routines, procedures, and then making sure the staff is happy. You know, Kelly's the books. She's um she now she runs our kitchen. Um she's she does these other things and she kind of keeps me in line with the checks and balances. I, you know, just want to make sure the guests are happy and we have the products and and you know, like I said, I was a bartender, so the beer and the liquor and wine and all that, that was all right. my part in making sure that those decisions were correct, pricing and all that. So we battled for a really long time, but I had that where, you know, my, in, in my part of it, when, when someone wants to do business, let's say that there's a new brewery and they mm-hmm. want to come and see you and they want you to carry their product. Sometimes it's eight o'clock at night to where you're sitting down and you're having beers with them to see their thing. So I'm, even if I'm getting off early and Kelly's at home. I'm still out there doing things right. and and she's sleeping in bed alone. And so we really had to navigate that right. and try to find a way your kid saying, this is me on the couch with my MacBook, click, 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 click. It was Kyle. Kyle's out till three o'clock in the morning and he's trying to build business. Right. And, and it worked. I mean, it, it's worked. It, it's, it's, it I, works. I, I've, I've created this thing, but I've had to hustle for it, but it's right. also got its negative too. Yeah. There, there's a moment when, when I first start, first started t- receiving coaching, and there's a that's a different time than when I first hired a coach. Sure, you know because at some point there was a time I hired a coach, and I fired him, mm-hmm. and then two years later I hired the same coach because I realized that when I fired him, saying no, I, I don't actually need this, I didn't know what the heck I was talking about. Sure, I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. But when I first your ears weren't open. No, they weren't. I I was just so. I mean, it was. It's like when you see red. You know, all I saw was let's let. I have a mission. I'm going to help people in the community, and I'm going to I'm going to support my family doing it, and I'm going to do it all day, every day, seven Mm -hmm. days a week. Yeah, and it did. And then at some point, maybe it's maturity. Maybe somebody hit me on the head. But my wife, all the time along the way, is going. You know, and this is maybe this is a confession. I was also on staff with our church for eight years. 
and my wife would say, hey, we should go out of town. We should go camping. You know, we got a travel trailer. Let's hook it up and go, right? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I got work and I got church. Mm-hmm. I missed all those years of those those camping, you know, and I could have yeah. found time. And last year... Do you I regret re- it? Uh, yes. Yeah. I th- My regret is what I don't have that I could have had with my kids. I don't regret what I built because now I have so much freedom. So that's, that's the thing that I have too. So I hustled and I worked the 80 hours a week for 10 years. Yeah. And now that, you know, I was able to buy my own building and I've been able to find the correct management that has really, really done well and changed around where I can be out and doing these things just like we're doing right now. Right. We're spending two hours today doing yeah. something that if we had nine to fivers, we would have do. to come to my restaurant and we'd be interrupted a bunch of times. Right. Um, so I, I don't, I don't regret it when I'm thinking about certain things, when I'm thinking about my future freedom and my future travel plans and, right. and the financial comfortability that I've, sure. that I've done from hustling for 10 years. Yeah. It's not so bad. But do I think about missing family events for a very long time? Right. I, I regret that. I feel bad because my wife wanted those moments and I, I feel like I stole those from her. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things that you have to forgive yourself for. And, and I'll share this. The year COVID happened, we shut our business down. And our members are amazing. Like, they still supported us. And we're not even open. Yeah. Right? So thank you all if you're listening. But fast forward, even though we were shut down, I mean, the stress, can't, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, we're not, we're not open. Yeah. You know, I'm not making any money. There's, I mean, there's nothing. Like, what, I'm not delivering a product. That whole year watching, you know, our membership kind of started falling off, you mm-hmm. know? That whole year, I was I was under a lot of stress. The next year, I realized this is 2021. The next year, I realized I looked at the books and I'm like, well, if I pay myself a little less and it, you know, and I and I get and I start delegating some responsibility, I did. I don't think I worked more than 15 hours a week in yeah. 2021, and I needed that because of all the years prior. Yeah. But I took that year and I we went camping, fishing, hunting. We yeah. started. I mean, we did stuff. I was in the kids' lives yeah. every day. And now this year, I think I've got kind of a balance. Yeah. Do you feel a balance? Like, because I'm right it, now, I'm working a lot, but I'm playing it, a lot. It's absolutely getting there. Um, you see that coming, but, and and it's really it's hard. It really is hard because you feel like you're almost doing something wrong. And my part <laughs> is my <laughs> wife. My wife is there still, and she, her part wasn't easy as easy to relinquish as, as mine was because, you know, the, the, the management staff that we had was much more aimed toward the front of the house. And then the back of the house, we're still having problems. I mean, and the, the, the amount of money that we're paying, you know, employees and stuff has completely changed since COVID. So, so now we're finally getting to the point where my wife can come away a little bit and then things are getting exciting because now we're seeing, like today, you know, I started at nine o'clock in the morning and me and my wife have been together doing meetings mm-hmm. and then going and running around and doing charity stuff because um, we have a, a benefit coming up on Saturday. And then I wound up here. Right. And do I have to go into work for a bit tomorrow, tonight? Yes. But it's so much different because I've put the people in place. Right. To make my life a lot easier. So now I'm going around and I'm talking to people and, I, and I'm and I'm doing these things. And, and if I have to be away from the restaurant, 
it's not a big deal. Right. I learned something recently when I step back and I, my O'Fallon Center has a much higher membership than my St. Peter's Center. Mm-hmm. And my, my St. Peter's Center is actually behind in membership what my O'Fallon Center was at a year and a half where we yeah. are now. And it, we're doing the same marketing and the demographics are the same. It's the, almost the same income levels. It's almost the same careers. It's almost the same amount of people surrounding the centers. All mm-hmm. the demos look good, right? What I discovered was it, when I opened O'Fallon, I was in the community constantly in O'Fallon, Cottleville, mm-hmm. Weldon Spring. I was in the community every day. Yeah. When I opened St. Peter's, I was in the office every day. I wasn't out in the community. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing. Someone like you who... You know, you speaks well. You speak well. You have a story. You care. You're passionate. You know, people don't come to me because they want me to care about them. They come to me because they want me to help them develop bone density and muscle mm-hmm. tissue and get rid of joint and back pain. Sure. Shameless plug. Yeah. But they stay coming to me, and they stay coming to you when they find out how much you actually care about them. That's not why they came. They didn't come because they wanted Kyle to care. Yeah. But when they find out how much you care, they start booking their parties at your center. Mm-hmm. They start bringing their out-of-town friends. Oh, we got to go to Shamrocks. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And that's the difference. And I think that's why it's so important for all of us. And that's one of the reasons we have this podcast is because I want to discover what leaders in the community are doing. Mm-hmm. And it's a, this is a selfish podcast for me. I want to know what, what the leaders are doing sure. because I want to be that. But also... It's a lesson that everyone can learn outside of business. My gosh, give of yourself. Like, how has your your life changed since you started giving? Um, it it's just it, it's, and we talk about it, it's like a drug. It's 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 the highest of high that you can get when you see something. And I I try to take it into a very small level. And when I can help a friend by using another friend in my network. That I love that. Yeah. I get like a lot of enjoyment. When I can write, I mean, when we first started like doing charity stuff, and and you write these checks, and I I was, you know, we do dine and donates 10, 10%. So you bring $1,000 worth of business, and I give you $100 back. That doesn't make any sense to me. A lot of people do it. It is a way to get started. It is something to accompany something you should be doing. I, wanna, I want to write thousands of dollars right. of checks. Right. I want, I want to make a bigger impact because I get more out of it. Right. I, I, it's, 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 it's so weird. And people ask me a lot. They're like, why you could take that money and put it in your own pocket and that you're, that you're donating. Right. But what I say is I live in a nice house. Mm-hmm. I drive a nice truck and I have an incredible group of friends and family there's not much more than you need. What else you need? You don't. You don't. I don't, you right. know, it, it's it's fun for me to go and buy a new hat on Amazon. Everything else is stuff. It's fun for me to right. go and, and have a nice dinner. But but really, the, the, the thing about life that is so much fun is watching other people be happy around you and that yes. making you happy. That's incredible. So tell me about some other charities that you're involved in right now. Yeah. Um... My, my biggest one is um, Lowe's and Fishes um, in St. Louis. Uh, it's in Maryland Heights. It is, I, I, you know, I, I really, I, did, I had not been on a board before. And I got confronted by a regular 
Um, and she said, I, I work for Lowe's and Fishes, and it's a homeless shelter in Maryland Heights, which is where I'm from. And I knew, I mean, I knew it was there the whole time. I drove by it every day. And I, I said, I, I don't know anything about the homeless community. Right. And she said, well, come learn. Right. So I wanted, so what I, what I said was, and it kind of branches into what we were saying before about, you know, work. I got done with, I got, I built a, a restaurant for 10 years. Really at that point it was eight years, but I didn't want to be known as Kyle from Shamrocks. Right. I was, I was, I, I keep using the term. I was, I was, I wanted to work on my legacy and getting involved. I was always charitable before I've always been very giving. And so I applied for the board. I went in and right away I, 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 I just kind of like got infatuated with it for the wrong, for the right, right. Or for lack of a better term, I got infatuated because it's such a big realm and it's, it's everywhere around us. And it's not just people sleeping on the streets. It's not. And I do this thing that, you know, when I do events that when you close your eyes and you think of someone that's homeless, what do you think? And no one ever says the babies. No, no one ever says, no, you know, the young ones. No, that's the majority of it. The shelter that I'm the president for now is it's 29. It's got it's two big bunk rooms, two big dorm rooms, enough beds for 29. Right now we have 21 children and eight adults. Right. And and when I got in there and I got working with the executive director, Jackie, who is wonderful, I started to learn and I started to realize that I can make an impact. And it, again, it's like a drug. I wanted more. Right. How can I help more people? How can I help this organization help more people? Right. And so that's my biggest thing right now. And I'm, I'm very lucky that, you know, we we've turned the ship around for a shelter that wasn't doing very well. And we're getting ready to open our second location, um, which is a 6,000 square foot food bank um, off page. Um, so that's our new project. We just signed a lease last week. Uh, but really overall, what it, Shamrocks has always been the place that you go to a lot of businesses and if you're not a 501c3 where you're tax deductible some some business won't donate to you right i've <clears> always <throat> been the place that said i don't care when your grandma has cancer and she needs help paying her bills i want that person because your tax my taxes i'm not making we talked about the restaurant industry yeah we're not we're not making right we're making four percent if we're lucky i am so happy with where i am in life because i'm not a materialistic person I only want to help people. So when you go out and do that, life just got so much more enjoyable. And then I appreciated the little things like my house and my patio right. and sitting out there with my wife and lighting the tiki torches. It's just it, man. Those moments. That the the moments are you can't recapture them, so you have to you have to make them. Um Working with homeless people, I, I was fortunate to work with homeless people for about six years, and you're exactly right. It's, it's never, I mean, don't, I don't want to lessen the fact that you have homeless veterans and homeless non-veterans and men and women, and, and, but it, it's not what you think. It's never, never what you think it is. It's a different story. It's a different narrative. It's not what you learn on the news. It's a different, it's not as easy as just going to get a job and it's not not even, 
It's so, not even in the same planet as just going to get a job. No, if you if you imagine go, driving up on the the exit of the of the interstate and the on ramp, and there's the guy with the sign. How many of us has, at some point, and I'm convicted, at some point in my life, I've said under my breath, "Get a job, loser." All of us have. And you know what? I know better now, mm-hmm. and I want everybody else to know better. It's not that easy. No. And it's mental illness runs rampant, and it the, there's so much more than it, you can imagine. Well, the the one thing that I always tell people is that, and I and I had a case at Shamrocks where we we had this guy. He was coming in. Um, out of the blue and he holes in his shoes young, like young twenties. Mm-hmm. You could tell, I mean, he smelled like he hadn't had a shower in months. Mm-hmm. He obviously was hungry cause he was kind of ruffling on the trash and all that. And he walked in and I got my chance and I said, Hey, will you come here a second? And I was in a meeting and I was like, in a like a really important meeting with the vice president of one of our food companies. And I stopped the meeting and I said, Hey, are you hungry? And he said, I'm starving. I haven't eaten in two days. And I said, I need you to make me a promise. Even though you don't know me, promise me that you'll never go hungry while you're in my neighborhood. And he said, yes. So from that point forward, I started feeding him every single meal. So I get to know him. I mean, and there's in, in the restaurant industry, it's hard because you have a guy that you're feeding, but you can't, a guy that hasn't had a shower in three months. I don't have a shower. And you don't know who he is, so like taking him to someone's house, whatever it was, he was he was going into the hose on the side of White Castle, right? When they would leave that going, and he would that's how he showered, right? He had no driver's license, he had no social security card, he had no birth certificate. So to get that, you have to go to Clayton, mm-hmm. and if you don't have anything, you're starting from, I mean, you might as well, I mean, might as well be an infant. You don't, you don't have any right. paperwork on yourself. So if you, to get a job in any place, you have to have two forms of ID. So how do they get it? It, it you don't, you it don't, just, you, don't, you, don't Mars. Walk, you, you have you, to go to Mars. You're right? exactly right. You, yeah. you don't, you don't walk from cave Springs on 70 to 170 and in Clayton, whatever right. it is you to get yourself. And you don't have anything there. And you think you're going to walk into that building and the, like he, he'd been, you know, there's no way they wouldn't he'd let been leaving on the streets. Yeah. So, so I tried to help him out and I tried to get him going and, and it didn't work out, but that was my first, first real case of understanding. It's just not as easy. It's not. Yeah. The other thing That's that powerful. I had, I went to, and I think St. Joachim and care services mm-hmm. is a wonderful They're organization. I, I love them. I need to do, I do stuff with them. I want to do a lot more because I think they're that great. But they did a thing where they passed around. They they had a photographer walk around and and go with homeless people. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman that was standing on the side of the highway asking for money. And they were taking pictures of her. And she did a picture with her middle finger at the camera. And when they came to do this like book to explain homelessness, she picked that picture. And they said, "Why with Saint Joachim and Anne and the Christian aspect? Why would you want that picture?" And she said. No one looks at me anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right. And man, did that hit home. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah. So I, re- for, even though I was really motivated then, it's made me even more Double down. And you really, it's so vast that you, I mean, never do you untangle it. Yeah. Because like you said, the mental health and the drugs and the alcohol and the begging and all, and the, and the kids, the kids are the ones that, 
and and people don't realize people get homeless because of sexual abuse and mental abuse and physical abuse you know when when women are coming out or men are coming out and they're left by their other one and they have nothing you wind up you wind up on the streets or you try to get into somewhere that can help you out right now, community council is a great resource. Community councils. I'm, I'm learning a lot about community council. I had no idea the Neither depth and breadth of what they did until I, I had lunch with Christy Weber mm-hmm. last fall. One of my favorites. And I'm just, you know, I asked her, like, what is this? I had no clue. And it, it it's a powerful organization. And anybody listening, please look them up. Just look up what they do. It, it's a, they're connectors. And their leaders are great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked a lot longer than I thought we would. Yeah. So thank you. Anytime. Um, let's have some fun questions real quick yeah, before let's do we it. go. I would love All to. Right. Uh, what's your favorite childhood memory? Uh, favorite childhood memory is probably playing baseball and like hitting a game winning hit and my dad like coming up with like a huge hug. Awesome. Yeah. Where'd you meet Kelly? Dave and Buster's. Uh, I was a bartender. She was a server. How would your parents describe what you do? <laughs> that's funny uh i would say that they they say that i that i own a restaurant and i'm really big in philanthropy okay if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be fort collins colorado all right i'll have you on another time and ask you why uh if you could have coffee with anybody in history oh, who would it be this is such a good can i do, do multiple yeah, two, um, three, four, whatever. I, I did get Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, Gary so I, I got to meet I him. I knew you're, okay. I got I, to meet him, and he's my guy. He's yeah. like, he's really, he's done a lot. I, I was surprised a couple years ago, 2019, before COVID, and my wife surprised me with the trip to meet him. Um, awesome. I would love to. I would love to meet The Rock. I'd love to have coffee with him. Um, any Somebody that's probably, B.B. King, I would love Man. to meet B.B. and have a, a chat with B.B. I want to play Lucille. Oh, that's that's it. So yeah, those those are three good ones. What what are you reading any books right now? Yeah, I'm uh so the the big one I just read um that kind of started this whole journey was um Unbreakable um by Jay Glazer, turning anxiety and depression into motivation, but I'm reading Winning right now, which is from the guy that he was the kind of the sports psychologist um for the Lakers. Okay. What is a common myth about your job? common myth about my job is man that's a good question what is a common myth about my job that it's more profitable and it's easy because a lot of people people get come out I'm sorry I'm laughing I, because I, 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 I know better yeah I, I talked to you'll, you'll be surprised how many people that worked really good careers and then decide they want to retire and try to open a bar and they want to sit there and, and entertain their friends. And it's just not it. It takes so much more. That's crazy. Well, Kyle, thank you, man. I, thank you. I appreciate just getting to know you better. Your business sense. I've known about your, your tremendous heart for the community. Yeah. I didn't know the depth and breadth of your philanthropy. And that's powerful. Yeah, thank you. Um, what? Here's a joke I've, or, a, or a riddle. I've told people over the years, some of my coaching students. Most of us aspire to to be givers and be philanthropists, and we want to be we want to be respected, and we want to be able to help people, right? Yeah. What's one thing better than being a philanthropist? What's the only thing better than being a philanthropist? Having successful marriage. 
Okay, but in the business side of things. Oh, in the business side of things? And here's the riddle. Okay. It's being a wealthy philanthropist. <laughs> so I, I don't know that I'll get to do that. Um, so maybe we can increase those margins. Yeah, I, I, think, I think creating a business where you love to be in. Maybe yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's it. I love, I, you know what? And this isn't about me, but I love getting up every morning and doing my thing and coming to what we've built. Yeah. Me and my team, my staff, my, my family. That's got to be a proud thing for you. Like, do, do I you, still walk around the new place. And like, I, you know, I mean, I, I rented a place for 10 years from an awful landlord. And then when I got to the point, I still walk around, even though we've only had the restaurant for six months. I walk around still and still can't believe you it's pinch mine. yourself. Yeah, I pinch myself. Yeah, and it doesn't stop though. It's a gorgeous building. Where is okay. it if people haven't been um, there? So uh, it's seven three three seven Mexico Road, right at the. I mean, basically Mexico and Mid Rivers. Uh, it's it's the old Cork and Barrel or Hatfield McCoys before that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's your favorite menu item at Shamrocks? My favorite menu item probably has to be. Right now, well, I'll tell you, my my original one was shepherd's pie. Mm-hmm. I love shepherd's pie. Then we did horseshoes, and if you've never had a horseshoe, Springfield, Illinois has this. It's Darcy's Pint made it popular. It's two pieces of bread, two pieces of meat, covered in fries, covered in cheese. Oh man! So that used to be. It's not. We're not talking health. We're not going to have that. Yeah, conversation. we're not going to. That's a different um, discussion. But uh, right now we have. Um, it's, it's fried cauliflower with this, we call it beasting cauliflower. It's kind of like the sweet and spicy sauce. And awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to come back. Yeah, Thank you, man. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you having uh, me. Get we'll to have Sham to do it again. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, support them because if, if, if for not, their food's amazing. Everything there is amazing. But especially now after hearing Kyle speak, you know what? A lot of those dollars are going to the community. Yeah. They're sticking around. And, and we're real proud of that. Yeah. It's yeah. impactful. It, it, this is a real community partner. So thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for the next episode.